You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. I'm going to start with a, a light question here. If someone asked you today, said, hey, what, what's your reason for living? Could you give them an answer? What, what's your purpose? Would you have an answer? Everything that you spend time on, the things you dedicate your energy to, the reasons you make decisions and, and, and the things you do and to what end you do them, could you give an answer if someone asked you, what, what's your purpose? I think the reality is, uh, for a lot of us, here's the way we operate. In all of the little things of our life, we want to have purpose. right? So for instance, if I asked you for coffee this week, you would have one of two initial gut reactions. Some of you would go, great, the guy up front wants to take me for coffee on his dime. That's amazing. I cannot wait. And the other half of you are going, oh, Lord, what does he know that I did this week that he's going to give me you know what for? But regardless of where you land, you're going to ask the question of why. Why should I give an hour of my life with you? And in all of the little things of life, we ask the question, why? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to put energy into that? Why should I meet with this person? You know, do better at my job. Why, why, why? And we spend so much time focusing on all of those little things in life and why we do them that I think sometimes, sometimes we forget to actually ask the question of the why for our entire existence. Right? Why, why are we here? What are we doing? To what end? And what's our purpose? So I think while some of you here might have, you say, I have a crystal clear idea. I know, I know what I'm here to do and why I'm doing it. But it's my guess that the majority of us uh, maybe couldn't sum it up into words. And that even for some of us, that we might not have any idea at all. That we might feel directionless or purposeless. That we might feel, in light of that, hopeless. And that's, that's debilitating, isn't it? Life without purpose is debilitating. And so we might not even be so actively aware of it, but we sense it. And it, it, it sucks the life and joy out of all of the good things that we get to do in our life when we lack purpose. But this isn't the way that God intended for us to, to live, is it? I'm just going to go ahead and say no. No, it's not. <laughs> and yet this question has, has been a question that all of humanity has asked for years and years and centuries. Why do we exist and why are we here? And so right now, in the next 30 minutes from my puny brain, I'm just going to give you the answer, okay? Then you can go home and you don't ever have to think about it again. <laughs> Done. It's not, not quite true, but, but here's what I do want to do. I want to frame the way that you think of God. I want to frame the way that you think of God, why he created you, what your purpose is, and in turn, hopefully change the way that you do your life. You see, because God wants to, wants, he wants you to step into this purpose that he has for your life, a purpose that goes beyond, beyond you. And it's good. It's so much better. I'm, I'm going to pray. I don't think we're going to get any of this unless we, we pray about it. It's, it's going to be useless. So God, thankful, thankful that you're a God who speaks to us. You're a God who gives us purpose. You're a God who, um, in, in all things, 
in all things is drawing glory and attention to yourself. And so, um, Lord, we pray that this morning you would be so kind and gracious to speak to us, to reveal your purposes to us and your purpose for our life, that we might know you more and love you better. In your name, amen. Amen. So as I was putting this, this talk together, I, uh, I went to a Starbucks and uh, sat down to get some work done. And I wound up at one of those big like community tables. You know what I'm talking about? So they got these big long ones and you're actually expected to sit beside a stranger you don't know and get some work done. And so I sat down and didn't get any work done because I had two guys sitting beside me. And for two and a half hours, I just eavesdropped on their conversation the whole time, <laughs> the whole time. Okay, and they were talking about one thing, just one thing. Again and again and again, I heard them talk about how amazing they were and how awesome the businesses that they were building were. That was it. And so buddy number one would go, oh, okay, so I got this distribution unit going and it's amazing and I'm going to make these sales numbers and it's going to be epic and I'm breaking numbers and breaking records. And then the other guy, before he's even done finishing, goes, well, you know, I got this new, this new system for distribution and it, oh, it is life-changing. Like I, and then the other guy says, well, we've been doing that for a decade and that's nothing. And it was just, whoa. I don't know where the accent came from, but... Um, <laughs> Apparently that's how business guys talk. Uh, but they, okay, they were just ruthless at each other. Not, they didn't, neither of them asked one question the entire time. But we're just so jacked up talking about what they were doing and how amazing it was. And so for me, aside from uh, being in incredibly impressed with how awesome they were, uh, I, didn't, I didn't get any of my sermon written except for this stupid illustration. <laughs> Should have gone to mom's grind again. I knew it. I just, just knew it. But I was exhausted. It was exhausting listening to them. And it made me think, what is going on with these guys? What's going on in their head? What makes them tick? What, what's their purpose in life? To what end are they doing all these things? Because they didn't talk about their families. though They both had rings, so I looked. They didn't talk about leisure. They didn't talk about uh, hobbies. They, they just spent time just, just, just marinating and how awesome they were and all the amazing things that they were doing, this, this empire that they were building. And this, this is just, it just hit me. And, and, and I knew, I think God was talking to me. And he, I just went, this is, this is what our world says is ultimate. This is what our, 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 our culture says. Hey, this is what you have to go after. It's your purpose. It's going to make you happy, right? Get a sweet job, build a sweet business, make lots of money, buy a sweet house to put all your big boy and big girl toys in. And, and then you can, you know, look happy and be awesome and take pictures of it and put it on Instagram. So the world thinks that, that, that you're amazing and all the morons that follow you will like your photo and make you feel self-affirmed and amazing about yourself and, and just gratified in this useless, meaningless life that you're pursuing. This meaningless pursuit of things. The world says it's all about you. It's all about you. Man, what a, what a bunch of horseradish, eh? That's never going to make you happy. It's not. We, and we know that, right? We, we go, yeah, I know. Like, things don't make me happy. And yet, we spend more time listening to reading self-help books and listening to Tony Robbins and, and, and then we do in our Bible. 
So just so that we can unlock the, our best self, that we can be the better you, that you can uh, become your ultimate you and be forever happy. And, and what we begin to realize is that that will never bring you to that, that, that end. That self-betterment is never going to get you where you want to go. And then we're forever unhappy and, and lacking joy and, and purpose in life. And we wonder why. I want to be clear, though. It's not that there isn't happiness, right, in, in life. I know lots, plenty of non-Christians who have super happy lives, right? They got lots going on, and it's awesome. But they're always searching that that thing only brings them happiness for so long, and then they're on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and it's exhausting. We wonder why, no matter how much we focus on self-improvement, we never find what we're looking for within ourselves and I think it's for this reason. It's because we were never intended for us. It was never the design. You see, you weren't meant for you. You weren't meant for your job. You weren't meant for the things you love to do. You weren't meant for your spouse. Right? And, and when you place that expectation that they are going to complete you on them, you crush them. Because they can't hold that weight. They can't be that thing. You weren't meant for you. You were meant for God. You see, he, he created you, not, not, for, not first most for your own enjoyment, but for his glory, for his fame. You see, all those other things that you can attain, the things that you can achieve, your own betterment, all of those things, they'll never be enough. They'll never be enough because you were not meant for you. And man, this just, this knocks hard against our 21st century postmodern enlightenment worldview that, that says you are the center of the world. You, everything revolves around you. You got to be awesome. But, but God has a different plan, a different purpose. And it, man, it's just so much better. It's so much better. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive into some scripture. For those of you who weren't just getting a little antsy because you're like, man, he's like 10 minutes into his talk and hasn't even brought out the Bible. Who is this guy? What's going on? All right, buckle up. Here we go. We got, you got lots coming your way, coming in hot, okay? We're going to blast through it. First Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm going to read a bunch. Look for a common thread here. There's something going on. Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Isaiah 43, 6, paraphrase, says, God created us for his glory. In Psalm 106, it says he rescued Israel for his glory. In, in Ezekiel 36, it says that, that God restored Israel from exile for the glory of his name. In Colossians 1, 16, it says, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, all things were created through him, and for him, I got to take a breath here. This is getting exhausting. Okay, just in case you're not getting the picture, here's one last one. Psalm 23, 2 and 3. You probably, probably have this one on a coffee cup or some sweater your grandma gave you. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Just sounds so nice. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. For his name's sake. Why does he do these things? For his glory, not ours. So you see, our life, especially if you're a Christian, your life is not about you. Man, you get the benefit. Don't get me wrong. You get the benefit, but it's not first about you. Is God for you? Yes, absolutely, right? We sing those songs. We see it woven throughout, throughout Scripture, the DNA that God, he's a God who's for us, but why is he for us? We have to remember he's for us because he's first for God. One can't come before the other. Colossians 1.16 says, by God and for God. Man, wouldn't it be nice if we had offices so we didn't have to hear the phone ring? <laughs> Here's what I believe. I believe that God, he's shaping you into his image, right? He's shaping you into his image so that things could work the way that he created them to work at creation. Not the way that you or I think that they should work today in our, in our fallen state. His rules and his law, those things were all created so that you and I might live our life, get this, with the most joy, the most fulfillment, and the most freedom. But it's only when we understand that God's first for God that these things actually make sense. You see, Oliver, Oliver talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, he, said, he said that God, God actually gave the law in the book of Exodus not to constrain people, but to, to give them freedom so that they could find ultimate freedom, ultimate joy, ultimate purpose that surpassed their circumstance. There's a, a document that was uh, put together in the 1600s by the reformers called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And it says this, it says that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I like that. It's so simple. To glorify God, to, to bring God the glory that is deserved to him. And to what? This is so important because if we only get the first part, we miss the beauty of it. That we get to enjoy him forever. And you go, well, that's it? That's my purpose? Kind of. Yeah. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough that you and I, in our flawed logic, with our messed up lives, man, we got, we got, you got so much garbage in your life, I know, I do, that God would choose to, not because he needs to, but because he wants to, to use you to bring glory to him, the creator, the author of all things. Isn't that enough? There's a, a well-known pastor of a big Presbyterian church in the States. He says this, and this is important for us to understand about bringing God glory. It says, now when God said that he created us for his glory, it cannot mean that he created us so that, we, that he would become more glorious. That his beauty and perfection would somehow be increased by us. It's unthinkable that God should become more perfectly God by making something that is not God. That's us. It's a staggering but necessary thought that God has, he's always existed that he never came into being and that everything that exists is, which is not from God is from his fullness and those things can never add anything to him which did not come from him. I think you could have worded that better, but it's, it says what it says. 
That is what it means to be God, and it should humble us when we ponder his reality. You see, you and I, our chief purpose is to glorify God, but we're not adding to his glory. Does that make sense? That's important. When we align ourselves with God's law, his life, his love, his direction and guidelines for how we're to do life, we get to show his glory. And from it, this is so important, from it we find the most joy. Right, not just joy, but the most joy. I think sometimes, I think, I think sometimes we, we, we give Christianity a bit of a bad rap as Christians, don't, don't you think? Right, like we kind of suck sometimes. Is that okay? Can I say that? Yeah, okay. Glad we're on the same page here. We sometimes give Christianity a bad rap because we, we just make it kind of seem kind of boring. Like there's no life to it. There's no excitement. That there isn't joy. We, we, it's just vanilla. It's whatever. Um, when, when, sorry to those of you who like vanilla, it's just a saying. You just say it, okay? Um, okay, Sarah and I, we love to go to Starbucks. Um, ad- admittedly, probably a little bit more than uh, someone who's trying to be financially responsible should, should like going to Starbucks, but we do. We like going to Starbucks and um, every time we go in there, uh, Sarah is like checking all the signs and she's going to get the most like jacked up, double hot, extra whip, triple glory, mocha, latte, brulee, whatever, right? She's going to get that one. She loves those things. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. I, I mean, personally, I'm just, I'm kind of like the black coffee guy, you know, like tall pike in a grande cup in case you wanted to buy me coffee. That's the one. And that's, I'm happy with that. It's great. I love it. But, but she always says to me, she says, Ryan, what's your problem? Like we're at Starbucks. Order something worth ordering. You can make your stupid coffee at home. Why don't you get something at least good? You're only ordering this because you know that it's the right thing. It's going to save us money and it's healthier for you. You think I'm joking, but she says that. She looks innocent, but she says that. <laughs> okay. Here's what we do. We take Jesus and we make him just the right thing. We make him the black, bland, boring coffee. We go, oh yeah, well, I'll do life like with Jesus. It's okay. I'll skip the parties and do the boring things. And yet that's not what we see here, right? The scriptures say, man, you're going to have the most joy, more joy than anyone. It's better. It's the jacked up, double hot, whipped mocha, whatever, you know, it's that thing. That is life with Jesus, the most joy. Man, it's so much better than what this world has to offer. And if you only hear one thing today, just hear that. If you're not, if you don't know Jesus, you're not following Jesus, I, I just want to convince you it's better. Just come talk to me, it's better. Okay? And we could, man, we could do a whole series. I, Chad said, oh yeah, just talk about stepping into purpose. And I'm like, oh yeah, 30 minutes. Hey, that's all you're going to give me. So we could, we, man, we could be here for weeks. We could do series upon series about purpose. And so I, I have like, I'm like, I just made it through my intro and I'm like three quarters of the way through my time. And uh, so I just got one point for you. Is that all right? Just, just one point. And it's this. Because God's purpose for your life is to bring glory to himself. You and I are freed from the need to have an epic life. We're freed from the need to change the world and have all of the things that the world says. We don't have to have an epic life because God's already, he, he, he's taken that. See, he's already epic. He doesn't need 
We just need our stuff to, to make them better. See, thinking back on this, this conversation that I had, or not the conversation I eavesdropped on, not the one I had, um, of these guys in Starbucks, man, they, they needed an epic life. They didn't have time to breathe. They were so busy interrupting the other one to tell them about how awesome they were. And God, God wants to relieve you from that. You don't need to have the most epic life or do all of the right things or be perfect or have it all together or you know, be the thing that everyone thinks you should be. You don't have to do that because God's already been the epic that you're trying to achieve. He says, this is what matters. Here's what matters. That, that in all things, regardless of your situation, regardless of your circumstance, that you're faithful to me. That you're just faithful with what I've put in front of you. And so you, you don't have to have the most high-profile job. But I think that, that some of us here probably will, right? I think God's going to do that. He's going to give you influence, and that, that's amazing. Now, you don't have to have the best-paying job, though I, hope, I really hope someone here does so we can get some offices and not hear that phone ring. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, you don't have to change the world, right? Because Jesus is already doing that. He's just going to use you in some small but significant way of that story. And so today, regardless of money, status, influence, whatever, here's what you need to ask yourself. How, in, in the ins and outs of, of my life, in the life that I'm already living, how can I bring glory to Jesus? You see, it's simple. It's not epic. It's just simple. I remember... Uh, in my, in my middle school years, I went to just a lot of youth conferences, right? You, you go to all these things and you load up with the youth group and get on the bus and it's crazy. And I'll just be honest, I mostly went to them because I knew that there was going to be cute girls that wanted to hold their hand. That's, that's why. That's just all the cards on the table. We're all human here. Um, but I started to notice this thread Youth conference after youth conference after youth conference. I just kept hearing that you are amazing. You're going to be amazing. You need to be amazing because you're going to change the world. And I remember one particular conference that I went to. There was a, a pretty well-known keynote speaker. And he, he got up there and he just screamed for like 30 minutes like about how amazing you are. And you are going to change the world. And God's going to send you to the ends of the earth. And he needs you to do your part to change the world. And in that moment, everyone was cheering, and it was epic and amazing. Uh, and, and yeah, I guess at some level it was motivational. But you know what? I went home. I went home after that conference, and, and here's what I didn't feel. I didn't feel like I was going to change the world. I looked at my circumstance and went, how on earth can I possibly fill the purpose that God has for me in, in the midst of, of my life? I can't add, I can't stack up. I'm not that amazing. This is like, gosh, change the world. Heck, I can't even finish my paper route, right? I'm scared that every car driving by, some guy's going to jump out and mug me and steal my papers or something. I don't know. That, that was, I had that real fear, like far later into my life than I'd like to admit. <laughs> um, I didn't feel epic. I didn't feel like I had it in me. I felt like, man, I just want to be faithful with where God has me right now. The reality of my life didn't allow me to fulfill the expectation that, that this guy was putting on me, that I felt like God was putting on me. And so hear me today, that God doesn't expect you to change the world. I don't think he does. I think some of you might have that story, and praise God, 
But he doesn't expect you to change the world. He doesn't want epic. He wants faithful. See, you and, you and I, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we don't have to look to the success of our business, our life, our relationships. We don't have to look to those things to give us worth because we have infinite worth in Jesus. We don't have to be successful to find purpose because our purpose is rooted in, in glorifying God. Regardless of our circumstance. Regardless of your circumstance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the band to come up. We're, we're almost done here. So here, here's what I want to propose to you this morning. That, that maybe, maybe God doesn't actually want to change your what? Do you know what I mean? Maybe he doesn't, act, he doesn't actually need to change what you're doing, but rather he wants to change why you're doing it and how you're doing it. You see, if you're dealing drugs and dropping people, that, you might want to change that, right? There, there's some room there. But, but for most of us, maybe he just wants to change how you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. That, that how in your situation with, with the, the simple and mundane can you bring glory to Jesus? How can you be Jesus to the world around you? And you might be thinking, gosh, Ryan, what on earth does that actually, like what does that mean? Right? What does that look like? Those are just a bunch of stupid church words that, that don't hold any water in my world. I'm going to look at, look at Paul. Man, Paul was a, that guy was a mess. His life was a mess. He was killing Christians and wrecking the church and just going after people. And then God said, hey, hey, I want to just, just, just tweak your life a bit, but it's going to, it's going to be simple and in all things you're going to glorify me. And, and Paul was just one of those guys that his enemies must have hated, right? They must have just been so, just so frustrated because he couldn't do anything to the guy. Right? Think about it. He, he's, he's going to like the guillotine and they're like, we're going to kill you. And he's like, it's all right. To die is gain. No problem. And they're like, well, I guess that's not going to work. I guess we'll, we'll torture you. And he's like, well, great. I do not consider the sufferings of this present age worthy compared to the future glory. Just come at me. Well, we'll put you in prison. Just lock you up. Great. We'll, we'll, we'll get out the PA, get the worship team together, start worshiping. I'm going to convert your guards and Bob's your uncle. Right? Like in all things, Paul's going, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because he got it. He got it. It wasn't, it wasn't the things he was achieving, but it was for whom he was achieving them for, to his glory that he could find joy. He could find joy in woven throughout everything that he did. And so, man, if your purpose is rooted in the, the truth of the gospel, that, that, that we have this beautiful opportunity to just give Jesus glory, regardless of whether we're bagging groceries or changing the world, your joy is untouchable. It's untouchable. When you step into your God-given purpose, your joy is untouchable. You see, your, your circumstances don't define that purpose. Right? God does. Don't, don't, let, don't, don't let your circumstance define who God is. Why don't you let God define the realities of your circumstance? Find joy in that. He's better. He's in control. It's better that way. That is such good, good news. Why don't, why don't you stand with me?
maybe today you're going, man, I, I've just been pushing so hard. I've been pushing to get all my stuff together, to be perfect, to be better, to be the right guy, to be successful, to be the person my friends or my family or whatever want me to be. Maybe you just need to hear, man, you're not perfect and God doesn't expect perfection. He wants faithfulness. So how can you be faithful? Where God's put you just right now, right here. What can you do this week? Let's pray that God would reveal those things to us. Lord, thankful that you're a God who speaks to us, that you're a God who gives us purpose, a purpose that doesn't fluctuate with circumstance, that doesn't fluctuate when things are good or bad, but a purpose that transcends. Lord, we pray that you would give us the grace to to rest in that purpose, to be okay going, man, I'm not the center of the universe. I just want to be a part of making much of the one who is. We pray that you'd give us eyes in the weeks ahead to know, to know how we might be Jesus to the people around us, how we might bring glory to your name for our joy, for your glory and for our joy. Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we're so thankful that you are a God who's at work. And everyone said, amen. We're gonna take a minute, we're gonna sing, and gosh, if God's speaking to you, just, just be okay to not be okay. Like, we don't have it figured out. I'm not up here because I have this figured out. I was writing this, and I'm like, oh, well, I hope this works out. I don't know, but I know that God does, and I know that, that he wants to speak personally to you. And so why don't you engage with him here as we worship? Thanks for listening to Audio from the House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.